Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of this podcast is to explore the latest trends in physical fitness and try to help you see through them and actually get you to do what you need to do for your goals and not get sidetracked. Today is Monday, September 26th, and I took a question off of the internet over the weekend. I had a few. You know, I run out of topics sometimes, and uh, I honestly love answering questions, you know, and I think that's uh, what's really necessary, you know. What, what do people need to hear to get them going and get them going at their absolute best because that's the goal. And the question was basically about contact fighting, so different kinds of mixed martial arts and hapkido and judo and boxing, you know, I'm kind of throwing them all in there, and how to avoid overtraining, how to catch it before it gets you, because it's a pretty intense sport. So I'm going to talk about overtraining in all sports, really, so it's uh, applicable to everybody, and I really do appreciate the question. Today's podcast is brought to you by Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gildan Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow and they're absolutely the best at what they do. I vouch for them. They can be reached at 386-451-2412 or at thegildangroup.com. I will put their contact information in the show notes so you can simply click and get all the info you need. Okay, so let's talk about overtraining and how to avoid it. Overtraining is essentially the same thing as overstress, but in the sports and fitness world. And it can get us all. It can get the athletes, it can get the non-athletes, it can get anybody that's basically, uh, you know, putting out the grind every day and not doing enough appropriate stuff to recover. Physiologically speaking, it is a increased in cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone. It's an increase in adrenaline without a lot of escape of the adrenaline. So basically you're staying at a ramped up state all of the time. Physiologically, it can also be sore joints, overly sore muscles that's basically leaning down into the tendons. It could be a sense of burnout, sense of depression, sense of anxiety. And the, the number one symptom and you can catch it early because it does come fairly early into it is lack of a desire to train. So you go from being very excited about your physical fitness to not wanting to go and do what you need to do. Now that could be other things too. That could simply be low motivation for some people, but with overtraining, it's a little different because it's not the norm for them they've been very excited about their particular sport and training and maybe they've been at the grind for six months and all of a sudden they just don't want to do it. That's different than maybe if somebody has a tendency to not want to go to the gym. That could just be because they haven't gotten over that initial hump of it's really good for me type of thing. So it's a little bit different but for the athlete that's one of the key things to look out for early on is lack of a desire to train. Another way you can see it fairly early on is your performances are not as good 
as they can be. So you start to see, wow, I'm not as quick as I was. I got beat. You know, maybe you are a, uh, you know, a contact fighter, so to say, and you lose a match that you may not have lost a year ago. Or you're a tennis player and you're not playing up to your game. You're a triathlete and your times are slower than you would expect. Those are all other symptoms of potentially overtraining. Um, now, one thing that comes before overtraining, it can be caught, is called overreaching. Overreaching means that you're starting to push a little too hard in training, which I'm going to spend the majority about on this podcast today because that's where we can really offset overtraining. But overreaching is when we really see ourselves pushing a little bit too hard in training and we start to get a little bit run down after almost every workout. Overreaching typically goes towards overtraining if you don't stop it in its tracks that's where it's going to go next and overtraining can be uh, quite serious for the athlete it's not just you know oh no pain no gain you wussy you know that's really not true a very good disciplined athlete understands that it's not the person that wins the fight every single day of the week it's the person that wins the fight when it matters and um, it can really you know be, be a problem to the athlete, to the professional athlete, to the elite athlete, to any athlete, and to you if your form of athleticism is going to the gym and staying fit, this applies to you as well because you want to always live to play another day, so to say, so it's more important and we actually, as in the coaching world, training world, have more respect for a disciplined athlete who understands that they're going to be their best and they know how to be their best and they're backing off their training that actually takes more courage more guts and uh, it's not really the other way around so keep that in mind all right Um, one more physiological symptom you might see early on because this question was asked um, by Shelby online who owns Musul and uh, does a great job teaching the martial arts and grappling And uh, so another thing to look out for, Shelby, is elevated heart rate. Elevated heart rate is a great way to see if you are overtrained. It could be resting heart rate and it could be submaximal heart rate. So I uh, posed a question online the other day that essentially everybody got wrong. So I'm like, okay, maybe a lot of people don't understand this. But I kind of used myself as a guinea pig and an example what happened uh, so last Monday I uh, started out my week doing an easy treadmill run so for me you know I know what my easy pace is on the treadmill and it was what it's been and I noticed that after 10 minutes and it's typically a 30 minute workout I do but after 10 minutes my heart rate was already getting to the point where it usually is at 30 minutes I said hmm okay so that's called elevated sub-maximal heart rate. So in other words, my body is now working harder at the easy level than it did the last week. Why? Am I out of shape? Am I this? Am I that? No, it was a sign of overtraining or overstress, which made complete sense because that week just before that on a Thursday night, I went and saw one of my favorite bands, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and we were out very late. And then Friday we worked 
And then Saturday, we went all the way down to Boca Raton to see my UCF Knights play football. Game started at 7. You can imagine living in Daytona area, how long it took to get home. Essentially, I was in bed by, I think, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I had to be up Sunday for the Max Fit Games. So clearly, I had very little sleep. And then Monday is the workout I'm talking about. So Tuesday, replicated the workout like I normally do. like to do some easy runs during the week on the treadmill. It's uh, just good for my my mind and my body. Heart rate was a little better than Monday, but not up to previous standards. Thursday, I think it finally had gotten back to normal and I made the whole 30 minutes of the um, heart rate that I typically cap myself at. Now, I want you to understand though, me understanding that, I didn't push through on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. What I did was I backed off the intensity to match the heart rate because it's that old saying, you don't whip a tired horse, which, you know, from another standpoint, has always bugged me. You don't whip a horse, period. Okay, buddy? Like, uh, that just bugged me. But anyway, I, I understand what people know by the term. Um, so I didn't do that. I said, okay, back off, you know, by a half a mile an hour and see where the heart rate adjusts. And so I listened to my body. That's a big key on this. I listened to my body. And then today is a new week, and I'll wrap up this uh, example of myself. I'm just trying to teach, but today is a new week. It's Monday. Did the same thing, and guess what? Heart rate was back to normal. Nothing like it was last Monday, where the heart rate literally was at where I wanted it to cap in 10 minutes today, made it all the way up to the normal 30 minutes. So what does that tell me? tells me I'm recovered. It's kind of a surprise. I thought I might not be overly because had a pretty hard training session on Saturday, biking 50 miles, even though it wasn't overly hard, it's still 50 miles, and then did a longer run yesterday. So happy news was that I was able to, to you know, see that I was recovered. Made sense, had a really good night's sleep last night. So, all right, so there you go, Shelby. Hope you're getting the answers because I'm getting ready to spill them out there for you. So number one is, we have to pay attention to our body. We have to pay attention to our body's feedback of heart rate and motivation. And for somebody like you, who's a driven athlete, who's not somebody that just takes a day off because they tend to be lazy, you don't tend to be lazy. So when you feel yourself or you can coach up your athletes, because I watch your uh, your posts on Facebook, you have some you have a lot of champions over there. I see a lot of black belts and I see a lot of trophies. That's great. So you can coach them up and tell them, say, hey, you know, we got to pay attention to our heart rates. And if they're kids, you know, I get it. They're not going to be tracking that kind of stuff. But if they're adults, hopefully they are. And how they feel, how motivated they are. And when you start to see them getting overtrained, because remember, the whole no pay, no gain, or you're just a wussy, you know, um, I hear some of these morons on, you know, uh, I shouldn't say I hear them because I read the posts. So I see some of the posts on social media where they say, oh, you're not overtraining, you're just underworking and undereating. It's like, well, that's stupid. I mean, that's just Neanderthal thinking. And, you know, I'm going to take a smart athlete over a dumb athlete any day of the week. And I'm not judging somebody's IQ. I mean, you know, that's just a dumb statement. You know, we know better than this in the physiological world. 
there is a point of training and there's a point of backing off. So that's just silly. So teach them to pay attention to those warning signs. Now, here's some tips on how not to get there. This is probably the biggest. Learn what you need to do for you. Typically, it's the ego that always gets in the way of us being our best. So the ego is basically defined here, not in the Freudian sense, but in the sense of the ego is the thing in you that feels to need the need to protect its self-esteem. So that's important, so I'm going to repeat it. The ego is the thing in you, in me, in all of us, that feels the need to protect its our self-esteem. So it often doesn't need to be there in most circumstances. Um, it's kind of a made-up thing. It, it's a false thing. You know, we all wear many masks. We all, you know, dress ourselves in porcupines, protect ourselves. These are all the things we do as humans. Um, so it, it's normal to have an ego, and there has to be some part of us that competes a little bit. There has to be some part of us that does want to do well and how we look or, you know, we may run into trouble. But a lot of times with overtraining, that ego's gotten more control over us than it needs to. And you typically see that in insecurity. You know, people that really ruffle their feathers all the time, you know, that's ego. You know, somebody does something and then they, you know, have to kind of like criticize them. Well, that's ego. Um, people that post a lot on social media because they need a lot of attention, they need a lot of likes, they need a lot of validation. That's ego. Um, racing people in training or in the case of what we're talking about mostly today, you know, trying to beat somebody down too much in training. Maybe you're sparring and um, you're trying to look good in front of the coach and so you're taking cheap shots that really isn't cool. You know, that's ego. And you might be sparring against somebody who's got a lot higher self-esteem and confidence and they're not going to degrade themselves by retaliating because they know when it counts they can whoop your ass, so to say. So they hold back because of respect for themselves and respect for the sport. So that's the opposite of ego. That's true confidence. So the ego really gets us into most of our trouble. And the ego isn't always so obvious like ruffling our feathers or, um, you know, bragging or overposting. I mean, those are kind of obvious things to most people. It's a, it's a definite cry for attention and insecurity in those cases. The ego can also come out, and I can be guilty of this, of, you know, being too hard on yourselves. So, on ourselves. So, for example, you know in your training that you're supposed to do an easy pace, like it's we're talking cardio. And instead, you go a harder pace, even though it's an easy day, because you don't like the numbers you see. Well, ego and numbers go hand in hand. That's like the opposite of listening to your body. So if you want to avoid overtraining, you listen to your body. So let's say you're doing everybody, well, not everybody, but most sports have conditioning where they run. Runners, that's what they do. I mean, they run. 
but people in martial arts and, and other forms of that run to keep their conditioning up and they keep their weight down and all that kind of stuff. So like if you go for a run and you know the purpose is to run easy so you get your conditioning and you don't overdo it to where you lose energy, too much energy or drive, then you don't care what the numbers say, right? You're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. It says 30 minutes of an easy run, okay? So that doesn't mean 30 minutes of a competition run. Whether you're competing with somebody you saw on Facebook who says my easy run is an eight minute mile. Oh, okay. That's not most people's easy run and it's probably not theirs either actually. Or they go for an easy run in a group and you always get that one person who's super insecure and starts running faster than everybody and then everybody falls for it. Next thing you know, everybody in the group is running harder. So that's not listening to your body, just like in the first case isn't listening to your body. Or, and this is where I get guilty, you're wearing your nice Garmin sports watch and you go for an easy run. You tell yourself, don't look, don't look, because I know I don't feel good today. I don't feel great. It's hot out. I just know it's not going to, oh, don't look, don't look. You look down and the pace is like to you, to the person, to me, embarrassingly slow. So you go, oh, God, you know, I'm going to pick it up. So now you're not listening to your body. You're not doing a, quote, easy run. You're listening to the watch. You're a slave to the watch. So that's ego, okay? All of those examples are ego. And they're going to do nothing but get us overtrained. They're just, it's not going to work. I mean, the rent you're paying for that is now you have a race the next weekend and your body goes, well, you didn't listen to me. You're a little tired. You're a little bit negative because you know you didn't recover very well. And now you're going to get your ass handed to you because you paid that rent already on Monday when you should have gone easy, but you were too worried about the numbers. And on race day, competition day, tennis day, I'm just trying to think of all the different sports that can apply. You know, it's time to let it rip. Heart rates can get high. You know, you can push, you can do all those things, but you are not going to even come within 90% of your capabilities if you go into this overreaching or tired. Overtrained, forget it. You're not going to even be close. That's a that's a chronic condition that's can last months and takes time to get out of. Overtraining, we want to avoid. Overreaching, we can start to pull out of it quicker. But you kind of have to slap yourself back to reality when you start seeing this. Okay, so I covered how do we recognize it. High heart rates, low motivation to train, low for bad training or racing performance. Um, you know, what gets us into it? Ego, not recovering after workouts, not sleeping appropriately, rising, grinding too much, poor diet, so not eating good recovery foods. So if we don't want to get there, keep the ego out of training. Keep the numbers out of training to the best of your ability, especially if you can't respect them and you can't basically say no to them. If you can't, keep them out of your training to the best of your ability. So if you're going for a 30-minute jog, then don't use a Garmin. If you're going for a three-mile run, don't bring a watch. 
those are like ways to keep keep the ego out of it um, next thing get appropriate sleep make sure you sleep make sure you sleep put all you know all these things we're always recommended to do avoid caffeine in the evenings avoid screen time in the evenings. so make sure you get your appropriate sleep make sure that you eat appropriately a good healthy balanced diet I see too many people trying to train and race for an event whether it be uh, martial arts uh, they're, they're actually a lot better than a lot of the other athletes but um, tennis players whatever anything that like has a weight component to it so that's where the martial arts thing can come in weightlifters you know they're trying to make weight and be their best it's so hard to do because what do they do they restrict calories and if you restrict calories you're never going to be your best on race day you're just not so you can't do those things together you can't lose weight and be an athlete that's training for a peak performance you just can't do it so we have to eat properly balanced meals whatever your style of diets are healthy wholesome foods enough foods for what you need and make sure that you're not starving yourself or doing any of these things that we do to cut and make weight you know you you're going to pay the rent i mean that's all i can say the rent will be paid on that and uh you will not reach your goals so you know figure out i'm going to pay it the appropriate way which is on race day and i'm going to go in with a full tank meaning i'm going to be loaded up on the foods that i need i'm going to be feeling good about that i'm going to feel energetic i'm going to have a lot of sleep going into it i'm going to have a good week I'm going to listen to my plan during training and I'm not going to let the ego take me away from my training. I'm going to remember that in practice. I'm practicing. I'm not trying to um, win practice. I, I shared that meme the other day on social media and I really liked it. It said, quit trying to win practice. So those are the keys and it was an absolute great question. I'll end this just by saying that if you do get overtrained, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but it's too late. That's going to take some months off of um, intense training it's going to be basically going into a recovery process where you try to get your body back to normal because your body just doesn't snap back and the older you get the longer it takes so the key is to not get there i want to thank our second sponsors istanbul turkish mediterranean cuisine they are absolutely great they're on young street in ormond beach florida they have great vegetarian dishes and salads and they can be reached at istanbul florida.com again their information will be in the show notes until next time be max fit and be max well